0: Well, I'd invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Ezra, chapter 7. Well, if you've uh, been with us in this series, uh, and maybe you're not as familiar with the book of Ezra, uh, you may be asking yourself, seven chapters in, to a book with nine chapters, who in the world is Ezra? (laughs) Ezra has not showed up yet, but today in our text, finally, Ezra appears. And we get to learn plenty from him. And so my title for tonight's message, just as we're about to read this, is We Need Ezra. We need Ezra. Let's hear God's word. Now after this, in the reign of Artaxerxes... King of Persia, Ezra, the son of Sariah, son of Azariah, son of Hilkiah, son of Shallum, son of Zadok, son of Ahitub, son of Amariah, son of Azariah, son of Marioth, son of Zerahiah, son of Uzi, son of Buki, son of Abishua, son of Phineas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, the chief priest. This Ezra went up from Babylonia. He was a scribe skilled in the law of Moses that the Lord, the God of Israel, had given. And the king granted him all that he asked, for the hand of the Lord his God was on him. And there went up also to Jerusalem in the seventh year of Artaxerxes the king some of the people of Israel and some of the priests and the Levites the singers and gatekeepers, and the temple servants. And Ezra came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was in the seventh year of the king. For on the first day of the first month, he began to go up from Babylonia. And on the first day of the fifth month, he came to Jerusalem. For the good hand of his God was on him. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it, and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. This is God's word. Amen. Let me pray for us. Father in heaven, as we come to this text, and Ezra has arrived, I pray that you would help us to grasp here that we need Ezra, the ministry of Ezra, and I pray that you would teach us, and lead us, guide us, that you would... Open our ears to hear that you would prepare our hearts to receive, that you would strengthen us in mind and heart and life to live out your word as we hear it tonight, not only this week, but for the rest of our lives, Lord. So help us. We are weak, and we are frail, and we could not understand and apply this word apart from your help, and so we ask for that as I teach and preach, and we ask for that as we listen tonight. And we pray this in the powerful name of your son Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we live uh, in a DIY culture. Do it yourself. So, you do your own home renovations, you do your own taxes, you just go onto YouTube and you can find a DIY for basically anything. Do it yourself. Well, do-it-yourself may be fine when it comes to building your physical house, but when it comes to building a spiritual house, DIY does not work. (laughs) Just look at Israel and their history in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is almost a story of Israel's failed attempts at spiritual DIY. They went their own way. They tried to do it themselves. They neglected God's help through God's messengers. They decided to cut themselves loose from God's word, but that way does not work. That way, for Israel, led them to exile. It led them to Babylon. So, what broke down and broke them down was Israel's rejection of God's rule over their lives by trying to cut themselves loose. From God's word over them. It was a do it yourself without God attempt at life. And the testimony of the Bible is clear, and it says that way does not work. I wonder if tonight you can attest to the same reality that when we try to build our spiritual lives our own way, that type of building project will always fail. As it was with Israel, so too it is with us. But we're in the book of Ezra this summer in our evening service, and this book is about God rebuilding His people that He had actually broken down. Israel was learning to turn away from a DIY way of living and to entrust themselves to God, the only master builder. And so we've studied in this book of Ezra that God has been stirring up the hearts of kings and the hearts of people to send his people back to his place to center their lives on the worship of God alone. So the first six chapters were about God sending his people back to Jerusalem to rebuild and construct the temple by the hand and by the power of God. But now we have the temple complete. And God is now going to use the ministry of Ezra, who has finally appeared. God's going to use the ministry of Ezra to bring his people back under his word. Because for centuries, they were trying to cut themselves off from God's word and live their own way. But now God is bringing them back to Jerusalem. Centering them on his worship and bringing them under his word so that they can be conformed to it. You see, Israel needed Ezra. So the question for us tonight, how can we be spiritually rebuilt? The way of do-it-yourself does not work. We need Ezra. We need Ezra. God sent Ezra because God's tool to rebuild His people is the ministry of the Word. They needed Ezra, In essence, they needed the ministry of the Word. So too, we need Ezra. In essence, we need the ministry of the Word if we want to be spiritually rebuilt. So first thing we're going to look at is uh, this reality that we need Ezra because he gives us a blueprint. We need Ezra because Ezra gives us a blueprint for how God rebuilds his people. Look at verses 1 to 6 with me. These verses, they they show us how God equipped Ezra to be the minister for God's people who would bring his word to them. God equipped Ezra. Verses 1 to 6 are almost like Ezra's resume. They're his credentials, or it's almost like his starting lineup introduction in a basketball game. Being here in Chicago land, you heard for a decade or so, and now from North Carolina, six foot six, Michael Jordan, and everybody would go crazy, right? I'm not going to be an announcer. Don't worry, you wouldn't want that. But I can I can get loud. But here we have the author doing a starting lineup for Ezra, calling out his name, calling out his credentials for all of Israel to hear and to know and to see. And in doing so, he is wanting to build a level of credibility for Ezra in the eyes of the people. See, God equipped Ezra for the task that he is calling him into, and he's putting his credentials on display. First thing, think of his name. Ezra's name is shorthand for Azariah, which means the Lord has helped. And so God helped Ezra, and God was going to use Ezra to help God's people. It's already evident that God is equipping Ezra for this task. Think of his lineage and how he's described here. The author's going out of his way to show that this man, Ezra, was part of the tribe of Levi, a priest going all the way back to even Aaron. You see, this list, it's giving Ezra credibility on a couple levels. Think of it with me. In the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, the priesthood, according to God's law, was established for a variety of reasons. Some of them were to lead the worship of God, to read the law for God's people, but also to teach the law to God's people so that they were built up. God had established this priesthood already in his law for the good of the people. And here we have Ezra right in that line. Ezra is sent as an authoritative individual with an authoritative role written in the scriptures themselves to teach Israel God's word. See, it's showing Ezra's credibility to actually deliver God's word to God's people. But there's another level of credibility I want you to think about when when, uh, the author is actually putting him in this light. If you go back to chapter 2 of the book of Ezra, chapter 2, verse 62, it talks about this list of the people who came back and entered into Jerusalem. And in this list, in this part of the list, there are individuals who could not prove their father's houses or descent or whether they belonged to Israel. And listen to verse 62. These sought their registration among those enrolled in the genealogies, but they were not found there. And so they were excluded from the priesthood as unclean. So if you turn back to chapter 7 with me, These verses, even from chapter 2, they are making crystal clear that Ezra not only belonged to Israel, but was a true descendant of Aaron, with authority to teach and to lead God's people. Ezra was equipped with a name. Ezra was equipped with the authorization from God's word to build up God's people, But think also of how Ezra is described in his training in verse 6. In verse 6, it talks about him as a scribe. Ezra was a scribe who specialized and was trained in the law of Moses. He was trained in the scriptures. God knew that Israel needed Ezra. And God knew that Israel needed Ezra's ministry to teach the law. And isn't it interesting that it's the law that God gave? God gave this law to his people. So what a picture. Ezra, skilled in the law, basically meaning Ezra was he was speedy or he was ready, he was quick with God's word. Ezra was a man who knew God's word so well that he could make quick judgments. He could make quick applications. He was ready to teach God's people, because he was skilled in it, able to apply it, able to bring it to whatever situation he was encountering. So, God gave Israel and Ezra his good word. Ezra, here's a skilled scribe, one who could wisely apply and teach those scriptures. But here's the key Ezra was not doing all of this in his own strength. He was skilled in the scriptures, yes. He had favor before the king, yes. But that was all because the good hand of God was on him. Did you see that at the end of verse 6? It says that he was skilled in the law of Moses that the Lord, the God of Israel, had given. And the king granted him all that he asked for the hand of the Lord. His God was on him. God's sovereign, mighty hand was working to bless Ezra. To give him favor in the work that God had called him to do. God's hand was on Ezra way back in Babylon. God's hand was on Ezra in his travels to Jerusalem. God's hand was on Ezra as he arrived in Jerusalem. And God's hand would continue to be on him as he was delivering God's word to the people of Israel to build them back up. You see, God equipped Ezra, with everything that he needed so that he might go and minister to God's people and give them everything that they needed with his word. God equipped Ezra. But verses 7 to 10, they not only give us a picture that God equipped Ezra, but God equipped Ezra to lead God's people. God equipped Ezra to lead God's people. In these verses, it's the account of Ezra's travels from Babylon to Jerusalem, but it's showing us that Ezra led God's people. It's paradigmatic for the ministry of Ezra that's to come in chapter 7 all the way to chapter 10. Out of Babylon, by God's hand, under God's word. God equipped Ezra to lead God's people first out of Babylon. You see, there, there were a group of people that came with Ezra, and we're going to learn more about those travels in chapter 7 and chapter 8. These travels were dangerous. They were in the hot months of summer, over 900 miles in four months, and God provided for them. God protected his people, and it's a remarkable reality that we get to study more in the weeks to come. But the timing here in verse 8 is very interesting to note. Ezra's travels with this group that he's leading to Jerusalem happens in the first month of the Hebrew calendar, leaving Babylon to head to God's place. Centuries before, Moses and Aaron led Israel out of Egypt and headed to the promised land. And when did that happen? That happened in the first month. Here we have Ezra leading God's people out of Babylon, just like Israel was led out of Egypt centuries before. Babylon was this place of exile. It was a symbol of wickedness. It was a symbol of pride and idolatry. It was a symbol of being anti-God. And God had called Ezra to lead his people out of Babylon, out of that place to Jerusalem where they could be rebuilt in the worship of God under God's good word. Out of Babylon, but by God's hand. Did you see that again repeated in verse 9? It happened in that time, but it happened for the good hand of his God was on him. It was not in Ezra's strength. God's hand was leading him and the people and guiding them and protecting them. Ezra was a dependent leader. He was not a do-it-yourself leader. He didn't depend on his own abilities. Yes, he worked hard. He was skilled in God's word, but he was dependent on the good hand of the Lord. But if you're tracking with what the author is writing here, this movement out of Babylon, the place that was rebellion against God, to Jerusalem, which was the city of the only God, traveling by the very hand of God, all of this movement was to bring the people under the very word of God. God is bringing them out of Babylon to Jerusalem to bring them under his word. And he's sending Ezra to do that ministry. Ezra was equipped with all that he needed to lead God's people. And what does verse 10 tell us? This man, Ezra, set his heart to study the scriptures. He read them, he knew them personally, he knew how to apply them to life, but it was no mere mental exercise for this man. Ezra also set his heart to do God's word. No hypocrisy here. From our morning sermon, Ezra exemplified a compelling congruence of belief and speech and practice. So, flowing from a life lived under God's word himself, flowed out into a life of ministry to teach God's word to God's people. We have this picture in Ezra 7 1 to 10. Ezra knew what he needed in his own life, and that was God's word. And Ezra knew what Israel needed in their life, and that was God's word. Ezra was equipped by God to lead God's people out of Babylon to bring them under the very word of God. We need Ezra because he gives us a blueprint of how God builds up his people. The emphasis is loud and clear. (laughs) Israel needed Ezra. Israel needed his ministry to help them rebuild their very lives. It gives us a blueprint. But we need Ezra for more than that. We need Ezra because he leads us to Jesus. He not only lays down a blueprint of his own ministry for the life of Israel, but we need Ezra because he leads us to Jesus. You see, we need Ezra because his great yet limited ministry leads us to a greater and more permanent ministry in the person and work of Jesus. The ministry of Ezra that we just detailed, that we just described, anticipates the arrival of the ministry of Jesus in the New Testament. As great as Ezra and his ministry was and will be as we'll read about, his ministry was a passing ministry. It was a fading ministry. Ezra was of the tribe of Levi. That was reiterated very clearly. But according to the book of Hebrews, the priests of Levi are only a shadow of a greater priesthood, a permanent priesthood to come. There was a promise of a greater priestly ministry. And as we'll see in this book, although Ezra was a godly minister himself who led well, Ezra, along with the rest of Israel, is found in need of a greater ministry. And even at the book of, in Malachi, the book of Malachi can attest to the tendency of priests from the tribe of Levi to neglect and to twist the duties that we even see exemplified here in our text. Malachi may have been a contemporary of Ezra, he may have prophesied after Ezra, but he was in close proximity to the book of Ezra, and in his book it says this, For the lips of a priest should guard knowledge, should seek instruction from his mouth, for he's a messenger of the Lord of hosts. But you have turned aside from the way. You have caused many to stumble by your instruction. You have corrupted The covenant of Levi. And even moving into the New Testament after the time of Ezra, there were teachers and there were scribes who were trained in the tradition of Ezra. They studied God's Word. They tried to teach God's Word, but they did not do God's Word. They did not depend on God's hand. They become legalistic teachers, moralistic hypocrites who didn't lead people to come under God's word, but actually led people away from God himself. They veered away from the blueprint. So the ministry of Ezra and all the Levitical priests, they're a passing shadow that are actually pointing forward to the ministry in person of Jesus. There's a need for a greater ministry, a permanent ministry. We need Ezra in this picture here because it is pointing us and leading us to jesus christ was from a greater priestly lineage a permanent priestly lineage not an earthly one but a heavenly one jesus's name means more than god helps jesus's name means god saves jesus was certainly skilled in the scriptures Jesus is the second person of the triune God who authored the Scriptures through the hands of men. Jesus was skilled in the Scriptures. And He fulfilled the Scriptures. And all of the Scriptures point to Jesus and are centered on Jesus. And what does it say about Jesus at the beginning of His ministry? He stood up and He proclaimed, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim good news. The good hand was on Ezra. The Spirit of the Lord was empowering Jesus for his ministry. Jesus did God's law fully, completely, without fail, perfectly. He loved God. He loved others. He succeeded where all else have failed. Jesus studied the Scriptures. He did the Scriptures. And He even taught the Scriptures with authority. He gave His Sermon on the Sermon on the Mount and He said this, Everyone then who hears these words of Mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And Matthew says, When Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at His teaching, for He was teaching them as one with authority, not As their scribes. You see, there's a greater, permanent ministry that arrived in the person of Jesus. It was anticipated in Ezra. Ezra led God's people out of Babylon to God's place in Jerusalem. Jesus was sent and came to lead us out of a greater predicament, out of our own sin, and into life. Through the life of Jesus, Through the teaching of Jesus, through the death of Jesus, through the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus leads all who come under him in faith, out of sin, and into life, and under his good rule and reign. We need Ezra, but we need Ezra because he leads us to Christ and Christ's permanent ministry to us and for us. Are you looking to rebuild your life right now? Are you looking to restart again with God? Or maybe you're looking to start up with God for the very first time. What we need to hear is that we need the ministry of Jesus. We need His obedience. We need His death for us. We need His resurrection for us. We need His word to us. We have the opportunity to build our lives up again, or maybe for the first time, upon Jesus and His work and His word. See, we need Ezra. He gives us a blueprint for what ministry and the life of God's people looks like. But more importantly, we need Ezra because he is pointing us to Jesus and the ministry that every single one of us need: His life, His obedience, his death, his resurrection. His Word. Have you received that ministry in your life? We need Ezra because he leads us to Christ. But it's worth reflecting just for a moment here about how Jesus continues this permanent ministry among us. Because Jesus ascended into heaven. He poured out His Holy Spirit to empower His church To do what? To empower his church to continue the blueprint that we saw with Ezra as fulfilled in Jesus. You see, we also need Ezra. We need this picture fulfilled in Christ because God is still building His church through the ministry of the Word. You could almost say we need a new generation of Ezras here at College Church and beyond. Ezra's ministry... Fulfilled in Jesus, was passed on to the church. What did Jesus say? As he was about to ascend to his heavenly Father, he told his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. See, his people are called out of Babylon, meaning out of sin and into a relationship with God through faith in Jesus. Jesus calls the church to teach them all that Jesus has commanded. Why? Same as as the time of Ezra. God's tool to rebuild His people is the ministry of His Word. What did Paul say to Timothy? Preach the Word. What did Paul say to the uh, elders at Ephesus? He called them to commit themselves to teaching the whole counsel of God that will build them up in their salvation and give them an inheritance among the saints. God's tool to rebuild his people is the ministry of the word. Ezra modeled it. Jesus fulfilled it. Jesus and Paul call the church to it. The ministry of the Word that is used to rebuild God's people wherever they are in their spiritual journey. So what does that mean for each and every one of us here tonight? First, it means receive Word ministry. Before we talk about imitating Ezra, we actually need to receive the ministry of Ezra, fulfilled in Jesus and passed on to the church. Do you want to be built up? Do you want to restart Receive God's Word as it is taught to you from the pulpit, as it is studied in small groups, wherever that teaching may happen. Receive it in faith. Receive it in love. Lay it up in your heart. Practice it in your life every time that you are hearing God's Word taught, the ministry of the Word. But it's also, I think, an encouragement and an invitation that you would pray for those who are called and commissioned to this teaching ministry for the church. We need a generation of teachers in the church with a heart and a mind and a ministry like Ezra. Teachers and preachers who will study God's word with faithfulness to search and study its meaning. We need teachers and preachers who will not only teach God's word, but will first do God's word in their life. From the inside out, a life conformed to God's word. This church and every church needs teachers and preachers who are not teaching their personal preference but are committed to teaching God's very word. So church, I invite you, pray for those who teach. We need a generation of Ezra's. But there's application here for the whole church to imitate as well the ministry of Ezra. Because the word ministry from the teachers and preachers of the church, is intended to equip the saints for the work of personal word ministry. Is that as you are hearing the word and receiving it by faith, you are called and commissioned to actually speak the truth in love to your neighbor, to build them up in God's gospel, in God's word. So the church is called to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly teaching and admonishing one another with all spiritual wisdom and insight. So church, we speak the truth in love as we're equipped by word ministry. We teach and admonish one another and we call one another to live according to God's word. We exhort one another with the truth of God's word as long as it is called today so that we may not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So what that means for you As you are receiving the word ministry, ultimately through Jesus and then his his preachers and teachers who are preaching his word and you're receiving that, you are called to live out your own personal ministry around your dinner tables, at the coffee table, with those in your lives, in your Bible studies, doing personal word ministry to build them up because that is how God works and that is how God builds his people. So will you study the Scriptures. Set your heart upon that this week. Will you ask God by the power of His Holy Spirit to help you not only to study, but to do God's Word? Where are you called to obey God's Word this week? And how are you called to speak God's Word? To instruct, to exhort, to encourage, to build up, to come alongside as you're receiving it? Are you speaking it to those that are in your life For their good, we need a church (laughs) full of Ezra's, from the teachers and preachers to the small group leaders to the parents to the friends. We need Ezra. He gives us a blueprint, he leads us to Christ, and we need to continue that ministry because that is how God is continuing to build his church. Well, I'll end with this. I, I love uh, Ruth Bell Graham's tombstone. She was the wife of Billy Graham. And her tombstone reads this. End of construction. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> the spiritual construction and building and rebuilding of our souls will one day end. We will finally, one day, be built up. But until then, we're under construction. It's not a DIY project. That doesn't work. God works through the ministry of His Word. As we come to Jesus, as we sit under the Word taught, as we give ourselves to His Word to study it, to do it, to share it and speak it with others. That is how we are built up in this stage of being under construction. One day... It will say, end of construction. Thank you for your patience. All glory be to God. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word, the ministry of it to us week in and week out. We pray that you would help us as we come to your word, that we would submit ourselves to it and allow it to lead us to your son Jesus and know the life that you give us in it that we would be built up as we sit under its teaching week in and week out and be strengthened and equipped to go out and speak the truth and love to one another and share these truths with those in our lives for their eternal good. Help us, God. Help us. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.